Are you ready to take your business to the top? Well, strap in and hold on tight. You're listening to the Top of the Wall Podcast from Redwall Marketing. Business and marketing strategies to lift you above the competition and over the wall of mediocrity. Now, here's your host, J.R. Griggs. Hey everyone, it's JR here with uh, episode 16 coming at you. I can't believe we've already got uh, on 16, uh, 15 done, 16 being done right now. And uh, today we're talking about a topic that I, I can't emphasize enough. It's something that I'll repeat on a constant basis because it, it's um, it's a really powerful idea that if you can grasp in your business – um, it, it's going to be hard to to fail if you've if you've got a product that the market wants. Let me at least put in that um, you know disclaimer there. If you operate your business under this core value, you're gonna go far. You're gonna have a lot of success, and um, it's something I just wish more businesses really studied and, and took to heart. And that is just the idea that the uh, it's something that I uh, I don't know if I coined this phrase or not. I don't know. Um, but it, it's the, uh, the customer's always first. I've, I've said uh, quite often that the customer isn't always right. And I don't like that. Um, I don't like that phrase because it gets confused. It gets misinterpreted. See, the customer is always right was designed to to mean – even when they're wrong, you'll make it right, you know, but it gets, it gets, uh, you know, misinterpreted as an employee thinking, well, they must be wrong because the customer's always right. So whatever the customer says goes, it starts to build a resentment towards the customer that they're always right. You know, that, uh, the customer, the employee's wrong or the business is wrong. And so it, it, it's just a – to me, it just a, it is a bad way to say it. But if you look at it as the customer is always first, it doesn't matter who's right or wrong at that point. I'm going to put them first. It, it doesn't accuse anybody of being wrong or accuse anybody – or, or you know, confirm that anybody's right. And you can put this idea into your employees and have them – understand that look it's not about whether you're right or you're wrong or the customer's right or wrong but we're going to find a way to put them first we're going to you know put their uh needs wants desires opinions emotions first <clears throat> before we make any decisions we're going to design our business not based on the customer being right and so things have to be a certain way but because the customer's first we're going to design it around what makes the customer happiest what gives the customer the best experience from our business and that's huge that right there is huge if you follow that principle uh you know you're you're going to have uh happy customers loyal customers customers that want to talk about you you're going to have a thriving business because you've you've taken their needs their desires which is what it's about right i mean nobody cares about your business unless it's serving a need or a purpose unless it's fulfilling something unless it's uh making somebody happy they don't care if it's not needed right they don't care it's not about you it's about the customer that's why your business exists to provide a service or product to a customer so if you put the customer first it can really change your perception of how you deal with problems, how you design your business, uh, how you deal with customer complaints. Uh, 
And I want to look at some great examples of customer service that's just blown away a customer's expectations and created really viral stories, almost legends that, you know, you almost have to confirm, you have to call and confirm with these businesses. Hey, did this really happen? Because they're that cool of a story. And so it's it's worth looking at these examples and getting an understanding of, you know, how, how you can apply this to your business, how you can put the customer first and apply these to your business. I'm currently going through a book right now called Made to Stick. And it's about ideas and how they stick and how some don't. Some stick, some don't. How do these ideas, how do urban legends uh, become so popular? How do they spread? How do they uh, take hold and, and get told over and over again? Old wives' tales. How do these ideas and stories stick so that uh, they stand the test of time? And uh, one great example was we were, we're heading into October right now. This is my favorite, uh, probably my favorite month of the year, I guess you could call it, uh, simply because it starts fall. Everybody loves fall. I, I don't know a lot of people that don't like fall, but you know, fall is just a great time of year. Temperatures are dropping. We're in Florida, so uh, anytime the temperatures are heading downward, that is just a good thing all around. So, uh, you know, we don't get a lot of leaves changing color here, but, you know, fall really is a nice time of year. So we start to cool off, and, and uh, you know, we've got the holidays coming up. You know, you kick off the holidays, which is, which is, uh, which is awesome. you got Halloween coming, which happens to be my, my birthday. So I've always been fond of October, always been fond of Halloween, just because it's it's my birthday, so it's really kind of stuck. <clears throat> well, the the uh, in the book they talk about a uh, y- how we check candy and how this story spread that Halloween candy was being poisoned and uh, you know um, infused with drugs and kids were dying and finding razor blades and in, in their candy and all this this rumor and so ever since I was a kid. You know, we weren't allowed to have our candy until our parents checked the candy. And I remember that. And I still do it today. Kids come home, we check the candy. We don't go nuts. Um, but I'll look at the wrapper and make sure it doesn't look like it's been opened or doesn't have any holes where, you know, something might have been injected in it. Well, you, you've you probably heard this or maybe you went through the same thing. Maybe you had the same childhood I did where you couldn't eat candy until your mom and dad checked it. Uh, apparently, you know, going through made to stick. Um you know that that story was started but never never started because of an actual incident uh where kids came home with candy from the neighborhood and it was poisoned in any way or tampered in any way the 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 two stories that they could find on it were both family members that did something to their own kids candy sad but you know that that was the story but there were no cases at the time of writing the book of a stranger, you know, or anybody, you know, getting candy that was laced with drugs or anything else. There, there was no story. So how did this story stick? How did it spread? How is it still being told? And how are parents still believing that that happens when it turns out that chances are you're going to be just fine? Now, I'll probably still check uh, my kid's candy. It's just a, it's just a habit. And doesn't take long to quickly look at their candy and make sure it hasn't been opened. And um, so we'll probably still do that. But how did that idea, how did that story stick? How did it get out there? And it was, 
bottom line was it was uh, there, there's science behind getting people to follow an idea, visualize an idea. And so the story goes even further in, into the book. They cover more. And I'll probably do a podcast just on this book because it's a really, really great book so far. But the the uh, what I'm leading to here is the the part I'm at now is talking about how some companies take ideas and they want to get them to stick with their employees. And so an idea that you could use to stick with your employees is the customer is always first. And we in the book they talk about Nordstrom which is obviously a high-end apparel company. Um, I say obviously, but if you don't know Nordstrom, it's a high-end apparel company. They, you know, their, their, their customer base is obviously more on the higher-end scale, wealthy, you know. But they started off with an idea of, you know, basically putting the customer first. I don't know the exact phrase that was used or the ex- exact idea, idea that was used, but the... the thing was they wanted to be known for their customer service uh zappos is another great company to look up by the way if you're uh interested in stories about customer service we'll talk a little bit about them as well but nordstrom put this idea into their they just drilled it into their employees customer 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 service we want to blow away the expectations of all of our customers that is the foundation of this business now think about this if if you just start with that idea, the customer's always first, or blowing away their expectations, whatever, it should rule and dominate anything else you do. Everything. If everything's based on that rule, it should be easy to make decisions and get things done. If the employees understand that the customer's always first, that the customer needs to be blown away in expectations, it should help them understand how clean the bathroom needs to be, how clean the aisles need to be, how organized everything needs to be, how easy the checkout process needs to be. If the customer's first, if, if, if we're blowing away their expectations, we shouldn't have any problem uh, putting together proper practices and, and systems to do that, right? Well, Nordstrom did this and, and has been known for several stories of just great customer service. And blowing away their customers' expectations. And let me show you a good couple examples of of how this uh, has worked. And it's it's just spread. It's uh, these stories have spread, and this is what they're known for. And uh, it's made customers happy. It's made them continue to come back. And it's because they put the customer first. Uh, one of the examples was a, a simple story of a customer leaving their bags out in the uh, parking lot of the store. Customer, uh, one of the employees went out, found this bag. In the bag, apparently, was the um, uh, receipt as well as tickets for the airport. And so, he actually, this employee, knowing that it was a big deal to blow away the customer's expectations, drove to the airport and used the uh, had the airport staff page the customer to let them know that they that he had his her bags he brought them to the airport okay customers obviously blown away by this that an employee left the Nordstrom store drove to the airport with her bags that she thought were long gone because she couldn't return back to the store somebody might have stolen them she's got to get on a flight and there's her stuff that she just bought 
at the airport with her because an employee took the time to, to go there. Another uh, story that's out there uh, at Nordstrom was a, uh, a customer came in, bought a shirt, needed it like that day and was kind of in a panic because they needed to wear the shirt to a meeting or to a presentation or whatever it was. All the shirts were wrinkled because the way they're folded, they had lines in them from the folding. Well, this employee that was helping them decided, okay, uh, pick out a shirt and I'll get it ironed and went and they had an iron there that they used, went and ironed the shirt for the customer. Is that a big deal? No. It, it, does, does the customer, does the employee need to do that? Would the customer be right to complain that the shirts are all wrinkled? Not really, right? I mean, it's, it's the way the shirts come in. It's not uncommon that you buy a shirt and it needs to be ironed uh, because it's folded in a certain way. But this employee went the extra mile and said, well, the customer, I'm going to put the customer first. I'm going to take some time, go find an iron. I'm going to iron this thing. Or I'm going to put the customer first and I'm going to return, uh, go to the airport and get them their bags because they're on a flight. This is, this is nuts. They just bought this. Is the, cust- is the customer always right? Uh, if the customer demanded that you drive my stuff to the airport? No, they left it in the parking lot, right? It was their mistake. But this employee went the extra mile. Because they put the customer first. Another great story at Nordstrom is uh, a customer that came in. I believe it was an elderly customer came into the store, and these are confirmed stories, by the way, like like verified with Nordstrom uh, that these actually happened. Uh, a customer had bought tires at a store that the Nordstrom now occupied the space of. So the the store that was there went out of business. Nordstrom moved in, and the customer showed up and it's Nordstrom. So they walk in thinking, okay, well, I, this is where I bought the tires. I was here. This is where I bought the tires. Walks in and wants to return these tires. And, uh, you know, after a little bit of discussion and, and um, you know, you know, the employee saying, well, hey, uh, we're not a tire store. We don't sell tires. Um, you know, the manager's called in and the, the customer's explaining the situation, but this is where I bought the tires. I don't know where the other store went. The manager decided to refund the customer and took the tires, even though they don't sell tires. <laughs> they refunded the tires because was the customer right? No, the customer was not right. It's the wrong store. The store might have gone out of business. He needs to go track down whatever store it was, see if they have another location. Uh, or or deal with it that way, you know, go the legal route, whatever they have to do. It's not Nordstrom's problem, right? But the manager took it on himself to make it their problem, put the customer first and say, hey, you know what? We'll go ahead and refund these. Not only is that customer happy, but the story has spread and people hear of Nordstrom's, uh, you know, dedication to putting the customer first. So those are great examples of the customer was not right in either one of those situations. The customer was not right to leave their stuff in the parking lot. The customer was not right to need an, uh, a perfectly ironed shirt. The customer was not right to return tires to a store that does not sell tires. But in all three cases, Nordstrom put the customer first instead and blew away their expectation by by doing whatever it took to make them happy. Those are, are, are examples that should inspire you in your business to say, hey, how do I do the same thing? How do I, how do I put the customer first? First, not necessarily right. What examples can you have right now? Just think, what examples do you have right now? Think back to times that you've handled the customer who was wrong and you could have handled it better by just saying, hey, you know what? They're not right, but I'm going to put them first 
and I'm going to do something you know uh, that blows away their expectation. I mean, you, you could have could have probably probably tons of times that you could easily do that, right? You could easily say, "Hey, I'm going to uh, uh, you know I, I could have done this better, and I'm going to do it better in the future," right? There's other good examples. There's a, a story about Trader Trader Joe's. Uh, where a um, there was a storm, there was a uh, 89 year old woman uh, who was snowed in, or no, it was a man. He was snowed in, and his daughter called was calling around, trying to find a place that could deliver some groceries, because he wouldn't go out in the snow. There was a lot of snow. Driveway was was not shoveled. He's not able to pull out his car. Um, he's certainly not going to walk, and. Uh, how, how you know she was calling around trying to find a place that would deliver some groceries because he needed food, and after calling around, calling around, nobody would do it. Finally, she got a hold of a Trader Joe's who does not deliver and explained to her that she does not deliver, or or that they do not deliver. When she explained why she was so concerned, uh, one of the employees decided to go ahead and not only deliver the food, but they brought in they brought fifty dollars worth of food at no charge. To her, her father, who was, you know, again, snowed in, couldn't get out, brought $50 worth of food to him so that he had food to, to survive through the next few days and, uh, you know, make it out when the weather cleared and basically said, hey, it's a, you know, Merry Christmas from us. Was a customer right if they were to demand delivery? No. Uh, but Trader Joe's went the extra mile and now here I am talking about it and other people have talked about it, right? So they went the extra mile. Um, you know, there's a story of uh, one of the, the, the common ones out there is the, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, Sainsbury's Bread, where uh, they had a, uh, what was it, like a three-year-old, I think, sent in a, uh, a letter saying that uh, their tiger bread didn't look like a tiger. The, the, the design in the, in the crust, it looked more like a giraffe and explained that, you know, why is it called tiger bread? The employee wrote back with a gift card, uh, thanking for the observation, saying, hey, you know what? It does look like a giraffe. That, you're right. It does look like a giraffe. Explained why it was called Tiger Bread. Eventually, there was this whole thing. The, 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 the mom posted it online, and um, you know they ended up changing the name of it to Giraffe Bread rather than Tiger Bread uh, because this three-year-old kid pointed out that it looks like a giraffe, and it actually does. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. The, it, the spots on the bread... You know, look up uh, giraffe bread. Just Google giraffe bread. I'm, I'm sure you'll find it. It looks like a giraffe, and you'll probably find the story. But again, this is a great example of a three-year-old customer that uh, took the time to write in, and uh, apparently they must shop there enough that the customer noticed it and sent something in, and it's a three-year-old. Could have just ignored it, but they didn't. They decided to put the customer first and make them happy and, uh, you know, move on from there. There's uh, tons of stories online. Tons of them. I mean, I'm, I'm reading through a bunch that I took note of right here. I don't want to go through all of them, but there's just a ton of these. Um, you know, there's Lego sending a kid. Uh, he lost a Lego at a store, even though his dad told him not to bring the minifigure to the store because he could lose them. I've done that with my son, and he's lost them. Uh, the kid wrote in a letter apologizing to Lego that he lost the Lego, and his dad was upset, uh, or that he, he was uh, upset that he lost it, and his dad told him not to. And uh, Lego ended up sending him another one and, and a, a little story and some bonus items. And that spread all over the internet because of what Lego did. So uh, not only does it blow away your customers, but it, um, it, it causes other people to see what you're doing. You know, Morton's Steakhouse, I'm bringing this one here. Uh, a customer 
tweeted to Morton's, can you meet me at the Newark airport with a porterhouse when I land in two hours? Thanks. And it was a sarcastic tweet. It was totally sarcastic. Gets off the plane in Newark, and there's a guy holding a sign uh, delivering a steak to him <laughs> right out of the airport. Okay, They didn't need to do that, but they did. Uh, Apple is uh, has a story here where a an iP- iPad was returned, and the note for why he was requesting a refund of the iPad basically just said it was a simple post-it note. Wife said no. That was it. He gets back in the mail uh, after he his refund went through. He gets back in the mail uh, a week later, uh, the same iPad with a post-it on it that says Apple said yes. So he got the refund and the free iPad. Just a great example of, of reaching out and just blowing away a customer with customer service. Zappos is another one. If you want to look up uh, the story of Zappos or read the book, uh, Delivering Happiness. Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea is a book about the, the how Zappos was started and some of the things they did and the vision they had and how they started um, you know, handling customer service. That's another great book uh, that that's it's worth reading about customer service because Zappos was really big on customer service, shipping things as fast as they could, refunding no questions asked when needed, um, you know, do, doing just the random things. They've even had uh, employees. They 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 drilled it into their employees that hey, customer comes first. We treat them with respect and treat them like gold. They've done things like um, helped helped customers find a local business that that had something they, they needed, uh, help deliver flowers. They've done all kinds of stories. You look up the stories of Zappos customer service and see what they've done, uh, you know, as great examples of how to put the customer first, but without getting into too many stories here, I think you get the idea. Nordstrom didn't need to take back tires. Uh, there's no need to deliver a steak to an airport. There's no need for any of that, but really it's about stopping, uh, everything that's going on around you looking at your customers and just thinking of opportunities, looking for those opportunities to really blow them away. And and they exist on a constant basis. If you're really paying attention, they exist. They're there. Is it the right thing to do? Well, not necessarily. You could just run your business and never do any of that. There's no need to do any of it. There's no need to deliver a steak. Shoot, if the steak never showed up, that customer was not expecting it. They would have gotten on their next flight or whatever, gone home. I don't know if they live there, and and life would have gone on. No, no big deal. You wouldn't have lost a customer, but they decided to blow away the expectations and surprise them with a steak. Uh, there was no need to respond to a three-year-old's letter about your bread. No need. It would have just passed by for three-year-old venting silly things about the bread, but they did, and now they're <laughs> famous for the story. You know, uh, returning snow tires or delivering things to the airport. It doesn't matter. Start thinking, number one, the customer's always first. So how do you put them first? How do you do things regardless of, of, of how it changes or what it costs or changes the, the profit on that particular, you know, sale? Put the customer first. That's the first thing you need to, to, to get into your head, your, your employees' heads, Make that the mission for your company. And don't worry about who's right. If you make that little change, just that little change, you're going to see drastic results in customer loyalty, referrals, um, 
and and just I'm telling you right now, profits go up from putting the customer first. You you just have a better experience. But on top of that, the customer's always first. Should be how you design your store and how you handle situations. But it should also be how you just monitor daily activities in the business. Just look for ways. How do I blow away their expectations today? How do I be remarkable today? How do we do something completely unexpected for them today? And you'll find those little opportunities like delivering a steak to an airport. You'll find those little um, moments uh, where you can you know, do something above and beyond what the customer ever expected. And today, it's far easier to do this. There's so many tools available. For one, for monitoring. Social media allows you to monitor what your customers are saying. Be there for them. Be available for them to chat with you, to send you that message jokingly, can you drop off a steak at the airport, to, um, to message you that they can't find a particular product and you can jump in and be the hero. You know, be that hero. That's, that's, that's how business is done today. That's how things are done. It is, uh, you know, small town principles. You're no longer, doesn't matter how big your city is, social media and the tools that are available have shrunk that down to where you can really blow away customers' expectations and they can tell the world about it in a single tweet because that's all it takes sometimes, a single tweet. Look what they did. And it gets picked up by everybody else. It gets picked up by the media um, and, and it spreads. So you have a chance to blow away your customers and, and just send a message to the world that that's how we do business. We put the customer first. So hopefully this is a, a, a just an idea that you can you can grasp. We're going to talk about it a lot more because it's something that really it should be behind every business practice. So you'll hear this idea from me a lot more. Uh, you know, put the customer first. I don't like that they're always right. I just think it's a horrible way to look at it, but they are always first. So put the customer first. Find ways to blow away their expectations and handle problems better. And I promise you, that principle alone will will do wonders for your business far beyond any tactic I can point out for you. Far beyond any tactic or strategy I can name. Focus on the customer, put them first, and I promise you, you will see better returns out of your customers, out of your your business, uh, the customer loyalty, happiness. And you know what? Employees will probably have fun with it too. Uh, you know, obviously, it's not always going to work out to be the greatest story in the world. But if you operate under that principle that the customer is always first, you can you can make huge changes in your business and start thinking back. What what times have you done things that? should be different now what have you done differently or what could you have done differently in the past look at some examples and see where you could have improved or done something better if you just went to the principle that the customer's always first and blew away their expectation so uh, that's it for today uh, beginning of october enjoy the month again it's, it's probably my favorite month of the year besides maybe december but uh we're heading into october here and hopefully you're having a great uh fourth quarter hopefully you had a great first three quarters of the year this is, you know, uh, fourth quarter time to, uh, you know, put on put on the boost, man. Uh, get get uh, get whatever you guys can for the rest of the year going, and uh, really focus on your business and finish strong. Very important. Thanks for listening to the Top of the Wall podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and subscribe to the channel so you don't miss any of the great episodes coming up for you. For more resources and tools to take your business to the top, visit redwallmarketing.com.